What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 20 of The Deep Ball. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, and he had a week off last week, but we're bringing him back. I'm joined by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Corey, how was your little vacation? Man, I feel, I feel refreshed. Vacation was nice, and uh, yeah, I'm back, to get re- I'm back and uh, ready to get back to work. Yeah, love to hear that, Corey. So these past two weeks, we've done an episode with the New York Jets offseason preview, New York Giants offseason preview, and this time... We'll recap some news, some recent news that's been going on around the league, but then we'll get into kind of like more general league offseason preview because free agency does open up next week. And yeah, people are going to start signing, but I think we got to recap the biggest news first. Probably the biggest free agent who is going to be on the market, Dak Prescott, signs a mega deal with the Dallas Cowboys to return to them. Four years, $160 million, $126 million guaranteed for the past two years, it seems like. Prescott, all they've been talking about is, oh, he's playing on the franchise tag. Oh, will they pay Dak the long-term money? Then he gets injured in that week five game against the Giants, and it's like, all right, well, Dak Prescott might be in trouble now. Now with this huge injury, how do you pay him? But he had a lot of leverage in this deal. Jerry Jones had to back up the Brinks trucks and ends up paying Dak Prescott core. Love to hear your reaction on this. Yeah, I definitely, uh, first off, happy for Dak Prescott after uh... – his injury, it's good to see him get paid. And, yeah, I think the Cowboys pretty much had to do this. I know they're not really like a Super Bowl contender, what they want to be. But I think the fact that when Dak Prescott went down last year, you obviously saw a lack of leadership. The quarterback play dropped dramatically. And, obviously, the team's success was – I'm not saying they were great with Dak, but you saw how much worse the team really was. So I think that really – made Dak look good so I think Jerry Jones was like I mean I don't want in like he could have drafted a quarterback but I know Dak has been dedicated to the Cowboys gave his heart and soul to that team I think I think it was the right move for the Cowboys I know 40 million dollars obviously a lot but I mean just whenever a quarterback's a free agent you want to resign him it's not even about the better quarterback getting more money. Like, he's not a top-five quarterback, but he's going to get top-five money because he's a free agent. And the next time a solid quarterback is a free agent, he's going to get probably what Dak gets or even more. Like, it just keeps going up. So, personally, I think uh, in today's de- in today's day and age, I think it was a good move for the Cowboys because uh definitely had to be done to, to resign him. Yeah, you kind of mentioned this. Uh, it is a very rigorous cycle, with especially with quarterbacks when they resign. It's like every new quarterback is like breaking the record. Obviously, nobody's going to touch Mahomes' record uh, at what he's like 450, 10 years, $450 million. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you go up to like half a billion dollars, which is insane. But beside, aside from Mahomes, then it's like that tier with like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Now Dak's up there getting paid. Aaron Rodgers, like. Uh, then before those guys resign their extensions, then you had the Wentz and Goff extension. It's just like it's always going to be this cycle where it's like just, yeah, the next quarterback in line is going to get paid ba- like the most amount of money. Uh, Dak's now going to be the second highest paid quarterback. Like you even said, I agree with that. I don't think Dak's the second best quarterback in the league. But do I think he's worth the money? I think maybe it depends, too, on the cap situation. I think if the cap, it which – it went down like crazy this year. It's expected to increase in the next coming years. Then, yeah, I think that helps out a lot. It will soften this cap hit or his percentage of cap that he takes up. But one thing I'll give to Dak Prescott, I was very hard on Dak Prescott. I didn't think he was anything special at the quarterback position. Maybe that's because I'm a Giants fan. I'm a little pessimistic. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But, listen, Dak Prescott is one of those, like, blue-collar quarterbacks. If, like, that's how I see him, like, He's a hardworking guy. He's not afraid to be physical. I remember uh, that playoff game a couple years ago against like Seattle where he gets like flipped over into the end zone. He's not afraid to put his shoulder down on a run. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of Dak Prescott, especially kind of how seeing uh, how Dallas was without him. And it kind of makes me value him even more. Like really, yeah, his leadership ability was, uh, I, guess I just didn't account for it enough. But yeah, I don't, the only thing I don't love about this move for the, from the Dallas Cowboys point of view, like I just still don't see like the Dallas Cowboys as this clear-cut Super Bowl team. And now with the money that they've tied up in Dak, then they have all that money tied up in Zeke and Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. Like I, I just don't think they have a playoff roster. I mean, they maybe they have a playoff roster, but I do not think that they have a Super Bowl roster. Now, yeah, I agree with that. They don't have a Super Bowl roster, but I mean, most teams 
don't really have a Super Bowl roster right now. And I think a lot of teams obviously re-sign their quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterbacks who have big contracts who are on teams that, I mean, probably aren't going to win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I think overall it, it is a lot of money, but I think to, to have Dak Prescott at your quarterback is going to give the Cowboys the best chance to win and obviously to compete. And in the NFC East, not the strongest division. I think the um, Cowboys saw that last year. They were using Andy Dalton, Garrett Gilbert, and still came down to the last game in that division. I think they're thinking we get Dak Prescott back. We signed here. New season, new start. I think we could win the division. And then who knows what could happen in the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, they don't really have a Super Bowl contending team but at the end of the day I think Jerry Jones did the, did the right thing in signing Prescott no matter how much money it was yeah you, you know I can make that argument too like I was saying about how like now they're tying up so much money but I mean if you don't have Prescott now you're a question mark at quarterback look at all that money that you have at other places and it's like for what like you don't even have a quarterback settled so I do give that to the Cowboys they had to get their quarterback nailed down they did for the next four years but um Corey, do you think now that they're the clear favorites in the NFC East? Uh, I would say right now, I'm going to put them ahead of the Eagles and Giants. But I want to see what the, the Washington Redskins, if they can get a quarterback in free agency or in, in the draft or whatever, and see how that pans out. But like right now, I'll put them ahead of Washington and put Dallas at number one. Really? Yeah, I think with Washington's uncertainty at the quarterback position, I don't know if you could necessarily push Dallas, uh, put Dallas behind Washington. So yeah, I would put Washington, uh, Dallas over Washington. Excuse me, but yeah, I'm, I'm yo, I'm still gonna be a biased Giants fan, Corn. I'm still gonna put my Giants. I like, I like how the Giants match up against Dallas, especially if we add a receiver in free agency. I know this is a completely biased take, but um, I really just don't see Dallas as this powerhouse team that they're expected to be. I mean, Dallas is just notorious for not living up to expectations. And that is one thing that I do kind of want to leave off with, like, Prescott. Like, Prescott is getting this elite money, but, like, Prescott hasn't even played in the big playoff game. I think Prescott has two playoff wins, maybe. Maybe he only has one playoff win. So it's not like Prescott has this pedigree of, like, winning big games. That that was one thing that's always haunted me a little bit about Prescott is that, like, even with that superstar supporting cast that they've had in Dallas when they had that great offensive line now it's been a lot it's a lot more depleted now but even with Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper like they went like eight and eight that year and didn't make it because of the Philadelphia Eagles like they haven't really went deep into playoffs and made good playoff runs so that is one thing that still um scares me a little bit about paying Dak Prescott like you, you Deshaun Watson's making like the same money as Dak Prescott but I think like Deshaun Watson what he can do to an offense and what he can how he can elevate the people around him I think he does that a lot better than what Dak Prescott does. So I guess the hope is that Dak Prescott can come back uh, to full health and he can maybe even take a step in the right direction for his game. And who knows if the Cowboys strike gold here. I mean, yeah, with the NFC East wide open. I mean, listen, I could say, right. I could say that the Cowboys roster like has some holes, but I mean, if those guys, if some of those guys like Ezekiel Elliott bounce back, I mean, probably are probably do have the most talented roster in the NFC East. I don't think that's a question. No, I agree. I'm just going to say one more thing before uh, we move on. I was, You said that, like, Deshaun Watson, what he can do to an offense. But, I mean, this Dallas Cowboys offense, before Dak went down, they were putting up some numbers. Dak was throwing <laughs> – I don't have the exact stats of him, but this guy was throwing for, like, 400 yards a game, and that team was putting up, like, close to 40 points a game. And the issue was on the defensive side of the ball. So, I think Dak Prescott was doing everything he could. It was just, I mean – Defense picked up a drop for, for Dallas, like, toward the middle to end of the season. But when Dak was playing, the defense was giving up five touchdowns a game. So, I mean, Dak was keeping his team in the game. So, I think he, he was doing uh, everything he could. That's fair. That is very fair. I think maybe his numbers were a little inflated because of how bad the defense was playing. Like, they get in such big deficits and, like, I remember, mm-hmm. like, that game against the Browns, like, he put up huge numbers. And the Seahawks, because, like, they're trailing the whole game. Even even the Falcons game, they were trailing the whole game. But, I mean, hats off to them. They won the game. So, I can't complain about padding stats in a win. Like, that's just, you know what I mean? But, um, listen, good for – at the end of the day, even as a Giants fan, I can say I'm very happy for Dak Prescott because when that, well, I remember when he got injured, I was so nervous just for him. Like, I was like, this absolutely sucks. Like, he takes that 
he gets signed to the franchise tag and then he gets hurt. Like now teams are just going to hardball him. He's going to have to sign another one year deal. And then what happens if he gets hurt again? Then like he never got that like career changing payday. But Dak Prescott, a fourth round pick out of Mississippi State. So didn't get like that initial big time contract. Obviously he has endorsements. He's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, very happy for Dak Prescott. Very good guy. Had a lot of uh, personal struggles that past offseason. So, and then obviously with this injury, just really cool to see him. And like step one, at least overcome this with this contract extension. And yeah, I hope for the best for Dak Prescott. I don't necessarily hope for the best for the Dallas Cowboys. I just want to make that specifically clear because obviously New York Giants, hopefully this, hopefully they uh, win this division uh, in 2021, the NFC East. But enough, enough talk about Dak Prescott and uh, the NFC East. We're talking about other guys who were hoping for that big payday, but their teams couldn't really reach an agreement on them so they slapped the franchise tag on them there were nine players Corey, who were franchise tag i'll start with carolina franchise tag taylor moten uh jaguars franchise tag cam robinson the bucks franchise tag chris godwin leonard williams Allen robinson were both franchise tagged by the giants and bears respectively and then three safeties were franchise tagged justin simmons marcus may marcus williams and finally the washington football team franchise tag brandon sheriff for the second time, he's an offensive lineman. Core, I know that was a mouthful, but um, are there any interesting candidates, uh, interesting guys here who were franchise tag that you were kind of surprised? I'm just gonna say, I think uh, I'm gonna say free Allen Robinson. I just don't. Uh, poor guy gets franchise tagged by the Bears. That's just a guy who I, I wanted to see enter free agency and uh, maybe go to a better team or somewhere else and at least get money but he gets franchise tagged by the Chicago Bears where it kind of looked like maybe he didn't really want to be there towards the end so I mean that's one guy he's obviously like one of the top players here but yeah that's definitely a guy Allen Robinson I kind of um don't like to see him get franchise tagged now do you think that they just franchise tagged him that way that they can trade him now and at least get something back for him or do you think that the Bears Hope that, I mean, if they figure out their quarterback position, that Allen Robinson could actually come back and uh, play another season with them. Nah, I think they're going to want um, him play another season. I just don't – I don't see them trading him unless he, like, forces his way out, which I, I don't think he's the type of guy who will do that. So, yeah, I think they're definitely going to try to possibly upgrade a quarterback, definitely get a new quarterback, and definitely keep Allen Robinson because – Wide receiver ones like him don't come around too often. So like I know you can get a, you probably can get a haul for him, but I I don't I don't, I don't see them trading him. I think they'll they'll keep him. Yeah, with Allen Robinson now off the market and Chris Godwin off the market now, Kenny Galladay who didn't get franchise tag becomes primed for this huge payday because he looks like the clear cut number one receiver. I did want to though before we get to our free agents touch on a couple other guys who I was particularly surprised that they got franchise tag. Uh, Cam Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a former second-round pick out of Alabama. He's a viable starter for Jacksonville, but franchise tag, he's getting paid top five now money at the position for this year. I don't necessarily think he's worth it. I don't think anybody will tell you he's worth it. But, I mean, I guess with Jacksonville uh, presumably going to take Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick, they have holes everywhere, I guess, and they have a ton of cap space. So I guess the last thing they want to have to worry about is going to find a left tackle. So Cam Robinson, at least for this next year, will be a decent holdover. He'll be an above-average starter at the position. Uh, and another guy, too, Marcus Williams by the Saints. I don't know how. The Saints are like negative $70 million in cap space. Like, how do they have enough money now to franchise tag Marcus Williams? Again, I don't know if that's something that now they're going to try to extend him and make um, cap space this year and backload that contract. Or maybe, again, they're just going to use the, use this franchise tag as a placeholder to trade him to another team. But that's another one that definitely raises an eyebrow because, yeah, like I just don't get how they can afford it. But uh, one final one that I want to mention, just because he's, again, he's the hometown guy, Leonard Williams was franchised for the second time by the New York Giants. And uh, I think this was the right move by the Giants. I, I've meant, we, I mentioned on last week's episode that I really hope that the Giants bring back Leonard Williams, and I still stand that way. I think by franchise tagging him gives the Giants a lot more time to – be creative on how they can structure his long-term contract because with this year, the Giants don't have a ton of cap space. They're going to be looking to add some big-time free agents. And, uh, yeah, so I think that Leonard Williams coming back to the Giants is a good thing no matter what. And I think that by franchise tagging him, it gives uh, a little more flexibility. 
Any any uh, anything you want to leave off with with uh, these franchise tag guys? Even your hometown boy Marcus May. Nah, yeah, Marcus May. Definitely see him uh, again. Franchise tag. I expect the Jets to obviously give him like a long term deal. In the in the future, definitely don't want to see him go anywhere. So I mean, I think it was an all right move to to franchise tag him. He'll get his money eventually. Yeah, that's about that's about it for the franchise tags. Yeah. Yeah, listen, with these franchise tags too, we like we kind of said like these guys are getting paid premium money. You get paid top five, the average of like the top five guys at the position. So yeah, it might only be a one year contract, but all these guys are making a uh, pretty handsome money this year. But uh, moving on to guys who were probably making a little too much money, unfortunately, who had to get cut. I mean, core they've been saying for these past couple weeks that the salary cap down about like eighteen million dollars from what it was supposed to be due to COVID and stuff. Guys, have it's been a bloodbath for veterans, man. Kevin Zeitler, you got Gabe Jackson, Richie Incognito, John Brown, Tyro Williams getting released. I mean, you got to feel bad for some of these veterans. These guys signed big contracts. They're, some of them are on playoff teams. Like John Brown's on a, is on a, is on a Super Bowl contending team in the Bills, and they just kick him to the curb. Like, you know, you got to feel bad for some of these guys. Yeah, definitely have to feel bad for these guys like John Brown and – um. Zeller, like you said, Emmanuel Sanders getting cut, Matt Malcolm Butler. I mean, these guys getting cut, most of them are pretty older. Like, they're not young guys, obviously. So, I think they'll, they'll all get picked up, signed by someone. They can, they're all valuable assets to, to another team. Definitely John Brown and Sanders. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it hate, you hate to see it for them. But at the end of the day, they've made a lot of money in their career. And I know probably they it's tough, like, when guys get cut, no one really thinks about it. Like, you got to, like, move to a whole different state and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, these guys, these guys will be fine. They'll definitely get another job. So, hate to see them get released, but I don't think they're uh, too, too worried about it. They'll, they'll get another job somewhere. I don't know how they liked the team that they were on before, but, yeah, they'll get another job. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that a lot of the experience this year, it's like kind of an unprecedented year. Like when these, when you see an older veteran get released, you're probably like, ah, it's like the end of the road. But some of these guys, I mean, yeah, they might be like, not, not necessarily even like declining, but yeah, maybe they're like not as like elite as they once were. They're still good players, but they weren't like this elite tier that maybe, and they were making elite tier money. Like I know like he didn't get cut, but like Trent Brown gets traded to the Patriots for like a late swap picks. And it's not because Trent Brown is still a bad football player, but like, they just can't afford, like, he's just not, like, worth anymore the $17 million that or the $60 million that the Raiders paid him a couple of years ago to. But, listen, there's going to be markets for these guys. What sucks for these guys is that they're probably not going to get paid that great because some of the markets now are flooded. Like, they're, like Kevin Zeitler was getting paid, like, $12 million by the Giants this year. But now he goes into free agency, and there's a, there are a lot of offensive guards, veteran offensive guards in free agency. So and the teams have a lot of – um. Like there's an excess in supply, you know what I mean? You're going to get paid. The teams have a lot of leverage in that standpoint, from this standpoint. So uh, be interested to see who signs with. And that's going to take us core to our free agency prediction part of the show. So kind of give a backstory to the listeners. Uh, me and Corey, at nine different positions, we're going to pick one guy who we think is going to sign with a team. Uh, me and Corey, we, we know who we, we picked, but we do not know the destination of the players that we picked. So we have a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, a tight end, an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. And they don't necessarily have to be the best free agents at that position. I'm telling you, some of course, one of course, there's no way this guy's like the second best guy at his position. But you know what I mean? We're confident in some of our predictions. We want to keep it loose, be a little fun with it. So, Core, we'll start it off with you. Corey, take it away with your quarterback prediction. Uh, my quarterback prediction I'm going to take the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky, and I'm going to have him going to the New England Patriots as I see Bill Belichick bringing in another quarterback, possibly taking one in the draft also, but definitely someone to compete with. And if he wants to, let's say he takes a guy like Trey Lance or someone around there, if he wants to, I don't know, just like he doesn't think that guy's ready for the NFL. He has Mitch Trubisky, a very capable, capable starter. So I think, yeah, I think Mitch Trubisky, I don't think he'll get a long-term deal, obviously. I think Mitch Trubisky will go to the New England Patriots. 
Listen, man, I like Trubisky to the Patriots, man. I mean, it's not – especially like Trubisky's like one of those quarterbacks who's athletically gifted. It seems like his mechanics are a little flawed. So, yeah, go to Bill Belichick. Go to Josh McDaniels. Kind of get right. And he is like on the athletic side too that like they can incorporate some things that they did with Cam Newton last year because Trubisky is like low-key not a bad runner. He could be a stopgap for the year. that You could sign him for a one-year deal, and then you could draft a guy like Trey Lance like you mentioned. Core man. You're starting me off, and you got me interested. I, I can't wait to see some of your uh, – where you got these guys. But I like Trubisky. At quarterback, I'm going to go more boring. I'll go with Jameis Winston. I don't know how Jameis Winston can be boring because he just chucks the ball deep every time. He's not boring. But, like, I'm going to take him going back to New Orleans Saints again. I don't know how they're going to pay him. But, listen, I think the fact that Jameis signed that – signed with them last year for only one year, he didn't really get to play – because when Drew Brees went down, they went to Taysom Hill, but he learned the offense for a year. I think he takes another one-year deal this year where he gets paid maybe $2 million or something like that. I think he ends up winning the starting quarterback job this year, and it's a showcase deal. I think if Jameis lights it up with New Orleans, I think New Orleans potentially now has like an option for the next couple years then after that, and they bring back Winston. If not, it's all right, and maybe they go separate ways and something figures out. But I don't think – I think last year would be too much of a waste year to just have Winston like go now to a different team and have to learn a whole new offense. Like his best chance Winston to play is if he goes back to the Saints. Ultimately, after sitting sitting on the bench last year, I think he's gonna want to play. I'd hope he want to play. Guy guy has a lot of talent. So former 2015 number one overall pick Jameis Winston, I hope goes back to the New Orleans Saints. You agree with me on that? I do agree with you. I think um, I don't see Jameis really going. Anywhere, personally, and I think uh, Drew Brees retires. I know, I mean, if I'm the Saints, at least I know Taysom Hill started over Jameis at the end of the season, but I'd personally rather see Jameis Winston. So, yeah, I think Jameis Winston also resigns with the uh, Saints. So I like that one. Hey, good to know you're in a, uh, good to know I can get your stamp of approval. All right, Corey, we're going to do this like kind of like a snake draft. So then I'll take the running back, and then uh, you'll take running back in your first receiver. You got me there? Yeah, sounds good. All right, word. So I'll start with the running back, and I'm, I took the best running back in free agency. I got Aaron Jones, and I, this is a popular pick, which is I, I don't I don't love to do the popular pick, but I have to do it. Aaron Jones, I got going to the Miami Dolphins. I think that the Dolphins are a team with a lot of cap space. They were ten and six this past year, but they had a subpar offensive line. Their receiving core wasn't great, and Miles Gaskin's a good running back, but he's not Aaron Jones' level. I think Aaron Jones is a real good running back. I think he was underutilized this past season in Green Bay. But uh, 2019 in Green Bay, he was outstanding. Uh, he could catch the ball out of the backfield. I think you hang on to if the if the Dolphins end up hanging on to two and not making a big move for Watson, so they save money there, obviously with two at quarterback. I think you spend on Aaron Jones, give two of the weapon, go in the draft, then get yourself another offensive lineman, get yourself a wide receiver, and give two a real chance to succeed in Miami. I think that's um. Pretty bold pick. I mean, personally, I don't know where uh, Aaron Jones is going, but I don't know. I just don't really see the Miami Dolphins spending that much money on a running back. I mean, I, I definitely could see it, but I don't know. I don't. I think if they want to upgrade that team, they might either stay with Tua, maybe add a weapon on the outside. But I don't know. I don't think they're gonna get a big name running back like Aaron Jones. But hey, I, I don't really know. But I like the. Uh, creativity that pick looks like it's a solid fit if you um want to upgrade yeah the the dolphin strength obviously was on defense so any you get any playmaker on offense like that definitely gonna help so i like i like the creativity i appreciate Um, it i'm gonna go with marlon mack from the indianapolis colts coming off of a torn achilles I, i mean i don't even know if he'll be ready for the start hope to see him back I'm going to take him to sign with the hometown New York Jets as I see I don't I think the Jets in, in free agent like before free agency happened they were Aaron Jones was a name cuz I mean the Jets obviously need a running back right now with uh Frank Gore, LaMichael P Ryan. I mean like you don't know if LaMichael P Ryan could be the future, but I think they definitely are in need of a running back. I know they could take one in the draft. But I don't see anything wrong with maybe taking a guy in their, with their uh, late first-round pick with, like, Travis Etienne or Najee Harris and then just take another guy like Marlon Mack, who obviously will not be as expensive as Aaron Jones and has proven to be a good rusher. I know he rushed behind a really good O-line in 
in Indianapolis will not be the same here. But uh, I think the guy from USF goes to the New York Jets and uh, maybe goes in and splits carries kind of with maybe like a rookie running back or takes like a little more than the rookie. But I think Marlon Mack go to the Jets. Yeah, I think Marlon Mack's a great fit for the Jets. I think it doesn't limit them. I think the big thing is that it doesn't limit them then to go, yeah, go get a running back in the draft. But, yeah, for Marlon Mack splitting carries with LaMichael Pirine, and then maybe they bring in more of like a pass. And Michael, LaMichael Pirine's a pretty good pass catching back. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of like Marlon Mack. will give themselves uh, a veteran presence there. And, yeah, Marlon Mack, kind of unfortunate what happened to him in Indianapolis. He was kind of getting pushed out the door, especially to with Jonathan Taylor, how they drafted him in the second round. Then he tears his Achilles, and Jonathan Taylor goes crazy. So, yeah. Marlon Mack for the Jets. I like it, Core. Appreciate it. Oh, my fault. You take away your receiver. Yeah, you're right. All right. I'm going to go Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver. That's a pretty uh, pretty top dog in this free agent class. And what do we think about the Kenny Galladay-Lamar Jackson connection? Oh, I got going God. to the Baltimore Ravens. Why not make it – why not make the AFC even more stacked by – Adding Kenny Galladay to a Baltimore Ravens offense with, let's be honest, not a great pass offense. And Lamar Jackson, not saying this guy is the next Brett Favre with his arm. But, I mean, the weapons out there, he wasn't exactly throwing to to top receivers. So, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens bring in a wide receiver one like Kenny Galladay. I think it'll definitely help the the Ravens uh, with their pass offense. So, yeah, I'll go Kenny Galladay to the Ravens. Boo! That's that's the New York Giants fans core right now booing you. But uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay <laughs> makes a lot of sense for the Baltimore Ravens. He's a physical receiver too that can play on the outside. The one thing that I this is the one thing that like the Ravens I think are gonna have though a little trouble signing free agent wide receivers because like I don't know like I feel like I'll, yes they can give Kenny Galladay a lot of like they give him a big payday right and he's gonna have financial security but like Kenny Galladay's numbers if he goes to the Ravens, aren't going to be as crazy as a lot of other places because of their run-oriented attack. You know what I mean? That's the one thing that I think might like scare some potential wide receivers away. That's why I think maybe on a longer deal, yeah, I could see that because then he has like more security. But like, yeah, I could like I think it might be a little difficult for Baltimore to get these big-time receivers. But listen, I think the fit is evident. I think the Ravens need a true number one receiver, and I think Kenny Galladay could hopefully elevate Lamar's game that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take a different wide receiver. I'll take a receiver from the AFC South. Will Fuller from the Houston Texans was finally really having a breakout year without DeAndre Hopkins uh, next to him. And he finally stayed healthy. Well, he stayed healthy until he couldn't stay off the PEDs. Get suspended for the last – did he get suspended the last six games or the last five games? I don't know. Uh, I know he got like a six-game suspension, but I'm not sure if it was like after that. Besides the fact, I missed the rest of the season – I think yeah, so I think he's gonna miss the first week of this year. Whatever, I don't think it matters. I think an interesting fit for Will Fuller, where I'll predict him to go, he'll stay right in the AFC South and go to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts just made a big move for Carson Wentz. It seems like their Super Bowl window now is opening with Ty Hilton as a free agent. Uh, they need another receiver. Michael Pittman Jr. is more the big physical receiver, and then put in Will Fuller, who's an absolute burner, who could take the top off a defense, kind of be like what the Eagles wanted Deshaun Jackson to be for them with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz obviously a crazy strong arm. And, yeah, let Carson Wentz try to succeed. Give him a good target. Colts have a ton of cap space. So, yeah, go out and go get yourself the Notre Dame product, Will Fuller. Personally, I, I really like that fit. You made a you made a great a great case saying Michael Pittman, the big physical wide receiver. You could use, like, a fast guy, deep, uh, deep ball playmaker like Will Fuller. And I know the, the Colts. Just got Carson Wentz, have a good running game, good O-line. Yeah, why not upgrade with another wide receiver? So, yeah, I really like that one with uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, and I honestly think that's – I think that that was my favorite prediction, like, out of any of these guys. I thought, I thought it was a little outside the box. And, and like I said, I thought I made a pretty decent case for it. Yeah, you definitely made a case lawyer tomorrow. <laughs> I thought that was good. But, but uh, moving on to the tight end position, I took the tight end, the top tight end on the market, Hunter Henry. And I think there's a clear team who has a glaring hole at tight end ever since Rob Gronkowski retired. I predict Hunter Henry will sign with the New England Patriots. Patriots have the second most cap right now in the NFL. Obviously, they had this past down year, and it was so clear how they need weapons everywhere. 
I think Josh McDaniels knows very well how to utilize a tight end. Hunter Henry, when he stayed healthy, has put up big numbers. Uh, they drafted two tight ends in like the third and fourth round last year. They were brutal. So, yeah, I think Hunter Henry helps them sure up that tight end position for the next three, four years and adds hopefully a weapon to who's ever playing quarterback at in New England. And especially if you're going to bring in a young quarterback in New England, get him a tight end, get him a security blanket we can check the ball down to, and get him a big red zone target, which Hunter Henry is very good in the red zone. Yeah, definitely. I definitely like that pick also. I mean, definitely need uh, the, the Patriots searching for, for playmakers in uh, a tight end position. I think Hunter Henry would also be a pretty good fit. But I'm going to take the guy just got released. I'm going to take Jared Cook. And I'm not saying that this guy signing with this team makes that much sense with the needs that they have. But for some reason, I can see it. I think Jared Cook goes to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know why, but I think he's going to go to the Dallas Cowboys just because I know they really, I mean, Dalton Schultz had a pretty good season, but I just don't think they have a great tight end. Blake Jarwin got hurt before. I know Dalton Schultz had a good season, but I just think, I think Jared Cook still got some, uh, something left in him and, Hey, we said last year, I mean, they already had two good wide receivers. They had C.D. Lamb make it three. And I think for some reason they should be upgrading on the defensive side of the ball, but they're going to sign Jared Cook to um, to upgrade a little bit at the tight end position. Listen, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate that. I think Jared Cook is like a good fit schematically, too, for Dallas. I think a lot depends on how confident they would be maybe in Blake Jarwin coming back. But, yeah. Even that would help. Jared Cook not gonna not gonna be a lot of money. He's not looking for a five year deal. Jared Cook, like, sorry, buddy, you're not playing that long. But uh, yeah, listen, get 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 a good year out of Jared Cook. He'll help in the red zone. And uh, yeah, you know what, Court outside the box. But uh, I, I like I like the I, listen. And listen, if you hit on this, that, that makes you look even that much better. It does. I'd say the odds are pretty high, but you know, sometimes you gotta think outside the box. And with my uh, any offensive lineman. I'm going to go Alejandro Villanueva, and personally, I don't see him leaving Pittsburgh. I'm going to have him re-sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Big Ben coming back, I'm not saying Big Ben's great anymore because obviously he's not, but I just think those two seem to be pretty good friends. So I think he's been he's been on the team for uh, since 2014, and he's been pretty successful, two-time, two-time Pro Bowler. So, I mean... Villanueva has been a good team, a, a good teammate for uh, that that whole Pittsburgh team, and yeah, I don't I don't see him going anywhere, so I'll have him resign with the the Steelers. Yeah, I I mean when you wrote when I wrote down Villanueva for you paying him, I personally thought Villanueva is going to go back to Pittsburgh. Uh, big voice in their locker room. They did just lose Marquise Pouncey on that offensive line. They got question marks on the right side of their offensive line too, uh, right tackle. So. Yeah, I like I like Villanueva. I think Villanueva goes back to Pittsburgh, and I think um, yeah, with Big Ben two coming back, it makes sense. You got you got to protect him, keep him upright. So yeah, I don't think Villanueva goes anywhere. I think he could uh go back go back to Pittsburgh. But for offensive line, I decided to take an offensive guard. I took the top guard. Eh, yeah, probably I'd say he's the top guard on the market now that Brandon Sheriff from Washington was franchise tag. I took Joe Thune, and cool, you might be happy with this one. I got Joe Thune going to the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets have the third most cap space in the NFL. They were in on Joe Thune last year before he got franchise tagged. Uh, they could definitely use an offensive line, uh, specifically an offensive guard. Uh, whatever young quarterback the Jets bring in, they're going to want to keep him upright, and they're going to want to give him a lot more, a lot better of a chance to succeed than they did with Sam Darnold, with um, Mike LaFleur coming over as an offensive coordinator. Obviously, the emphasis is on the run game, Joe Thune. Great run blocker, as he's shown in New England. So, yeah, I like Joe Thune going to the New York Jets. Yeah, I like that one. I think Jets definitely need help on that offensive line. Just got Makai Becton. But, I mean, yeah, Joe Thune to the Jets. As a Jets fan also, I'm obviously going to like it. So, yeah, that's a pretty good prediction from you. Yeah, Thune and Becton would be a nice left side of the line. It would be pretty dangerous. A lot of defenses would not like that. Could run behind that. And, listen, Marlon, Marlon Mack would love to run behind that. So, yeah, definitely. But uh, moving on to the defensive side of the bar. So we on defense, we have defensive lineman, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. Uh, 
I'll start with my defensive lineman pick. It's kind of defensive lineman slash edge rusher. I, I kind of have two edge rushers a little bit, but you know what? Deal with it. Uh, my defensive guy, I went with Yannick Nagakwe, a guy who was on the Jacksonville Jaguars. He got franchise tagged last year. Then he gets traded to he got traded to Minnesota first. He plays in Minnesota for like five weeks. Then he gets traded again to Baltimore. And this is another guy who I got re-signing going back to Baltimore. Uh, Nagakwe is a great run defender, and obviously he's an edge rusher. He gets after the quarterback. But the Baltimore Ravens are also going to lose probably Matthew Judon, who I believe. And Judon, I think, is Judon is going to go for more. So I think that kind of helps Nagak. That kind of helps the Ravens keys and bring back Nagakwe. I think Nagakwe is honestly better than Judon. Ju- I keep saying his name wrong, Judon. So yeah, I think they bring back Nagakwe because they kind of have to. You can't lose both your edge defenders. I mean, these guys are both Pro Bowl level talent. So yeah, I got Nagakwe going back to Baltimore. Mm, kind of like that one, but uh, hey, I get. I, I'm not gonna give away anything, but uh, we'll see a little later down in this episode. But I'm gonna pick my defensive player. I'm gonna take Kawan Short. Obviously, he's he's a little old right now, uh, 32 years old. But I'm gonna have him defensive tackle. Maybe stop the run. I'm gonna have him go to a Super Bowl contender. I'm going to have him go to the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, obviously, right now have Aaron Rodgers, an aging quarterback. Their Super Bowl window is um, they, they got to get one soon if they want to get another one. And I think they go out and get um, a free agent like Kawan Short, who is also old. He also might be uh, might, might want a ring. He might go and sign with the um, a team like, the Green Bay Packers. So I think that, that that rush defense was not great last year. Definitely in the bottom half of the league. So I mean, I think getting Kawan short, a run stopping defensive tackle would uh would help them. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I like I like how Kawan short would fit next to Kenny Clark. And I think that yeah, Kawan short obviously getting up there in age. Listen, at the end, these these guys want to win Super Bowls. I think him and Green Bay gives them a great shot to win a win a ring. Yeah, and my my uh, my linebacker, I'm gonna pick, is actually gonna be Matthew Judon, and I'm gonna have Matthew Judon. I know they had to pick between Ngakwe and Matthew Judon, and I actually had Judon returning to the Baltimore Ravens. So I mean, I'm thinking they have two guys, so I'm gonna have him go back to the Baltimore Ravens because, I mean, between Judon and Ngakwe, they're obviously going to resign one of them, I think, and I think one of them is going to walk. So I'm going to have Judon go back to the Baltimore Ravens, and I think they're going to let Ngakwe go. Yeah, listen, Judon, I think Judon is probably the more uh, player, you could say. Guys, pro bowlers, I'm not 100% sure if he's even been named to a all-pro team. He probably was last year. But uh, phenomenal player, Matt Judon. I think his price is going to be crazy. I know the Ravens have been trying to extend him. Unsure if they ha- unsure if they will before free agency opens up. But listen, yeah, I th- I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. I think if I think Nagakwe walks or if he wants too much, then I think Baltimore will pivot and try to bring back Matthew Judon because you can't lose both of them. But uh, my linebacker, I kind of mentioned a little early, he's another edge rusher. Uh, it's a guy who had 13, 12 and a half sacks last year. Excuse me, Hassan Reddick. From the Arizona Cardinals, he's a first-round pick out of Temple, I believe in 2017, and he, they kind of didn't have like the right place for him on defense. They were using him uh, more as like uh, this coverage type of linebacker interior, and they were like, you know what, we're gonna move you out to the edge and let's see what production we can get out of you. And yeah, he got 12 and a half sacks. I mean, five of them came against the New York Giants, but I think he's gonna try to cash in on this on his year on his career year and get a payday. I think it's gonna work. I have him signing with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, new defensive coordinator Brandon Staley is probably going to bring his 3-4 defense from the Rams over to the Chargers. And Melvin Ingram's a free agent. I think Melvin Ingram's getting up there in age. I think they'll let him walk. And I think Staley will try to use Hassan Reddick closely how he used Leonard Floyd last year. And especially with like how Joey Bosa will hopefully take on like that Aaron Donald role in his defense, if that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, I think Reddick would get a lot of one-on-one opportunities uh, against tackles. And, yeah, I think uh, the Chargers, again, have money to spend. I think that would be a pretty good fit for him. I think also, too, Leonard Floyd 
also actually going back with Brendan Staley in and then reuniting, staying in Los Angeles too, and going to the Chargers wouldn't be a bad idea. I think they get one of those guys, but here I chose Hassan Riddick. I, I like that. I think Riddick um, going to the Chargers would be would be good to go with uh, Joey Bosa, and yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be a pretty nice little combo with uh, two edge rushers in, in uh, Reddick and Bosa. So yeah, I like that. I like that prediction. All right, and then I'll move on to my cornerback. This is the third time that I'm going to have somebody who's re-signed. It'll also be the last time. But uh, Xavier Rhodes, I have him going back to Indianapolis. Rhodes has been this all-pro cornerback, and then his last year in Minnesota, he was awful. He goes to Indianapolis, has a career revival, and I just don't see any reason why these parties should split. Again, I've said that the Colts have a ton of cap space this offseason. They're just entering their Super Bowl window, it looks like. Uh, they, they have... Uh, Kenny Moore plays on the inside, and they have another young cornerback on the outside, Rocky Sin, one of the best names in football. So I think, again, if they bring back Xavier Rhodes, it shores up holds in the back end of their defense. They get Malik Hooker back this year with Julian Blackman, another young safety. Um, and then, again, hopefully just make, keeps that Colts defense dominant. So, yeah, I don't think the Colts should try to get fancy and replace their cornerback. I think they should just bring Xavier Rhodes right back, and I think that's ultimately what they end up doing. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't see uh... – I don't see Xavier Xavier Rhodes going anywhere, especially how uh, how good he was how good he was last year and how good that defense was. So yeah, I like that also. This one for the cornerbacks is personally one of my favorite uh, picks. I'm gonna take Patrick Peterson, and I'm gonna have him go out and try to get in a ring, team up again with a once teammate, both going to LSU. I got Patrick Peterson yep. going the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they could. Um, Use another guy at corner. I mean, I don't know. Bashawn Breland didn't look too good in that in that Super Bowl. I mean, Patrick Peterson. I think at this age and at this time in his career, uh, I know the Cardinals just upgraded, but I still would not think the Cardinals are even like a top three team in the NFC right now. And the Chiefs, I think obviously. I know they lost, but definitely top two at at, uh, at worst. So I think Patrick Peterson goes out and try to get tries to get a ring, teams up with a former former teammate in Tyron Matthew, and yeah, I, I think he's gonna sign with the with Chiefs. Yeah, listen, Kansas City's got some money. We didn't mention either of these two got these two guys earlier, but yeah, Kansas City just caught Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, both of their starting tackles. So ton of money they freed up. Pat Pete, when you initially said that he's going to team up with former LSU teammates, I'm not going to lie. I tried to play it off a little bit. Even, I mean, they technically weren't at LSU at the same exact time, uh, these two guys. But, like, Jarvis Landry and Odell, like, I thought maybe Cleveland because I think Cleveland's also a really good fit for Pat Pete. But, yeah, I think, honestly, Kansas City's probably a better fit, too. They play a lot of man coverage. So, yeah, bring bring Pat Pete back with the Honey Badger. I'd love to see that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, I think Patrick Pete still got some something left in the tank, too. He's not just this washed-up old cornerback. Yeah, I agree. And then for my, my safety, he got moved from corner to safety. I'm going to just pick Jalen Mills. <laughs> and I don't know, man. I, I This is probably wasn't a great pick, but this guy kind of underperformed. But I just – I don't know. I don't see this guy really going anywhere. I just think he resorts back. To Philadelphia, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl here, and I don't know. I for some reason I just don't see him going anywhere. I just think uh, he'll stay with the Philadelphia Eagles. Just like one of those signings that just I don't know. He he's not really that that good. So yeah, I, I just haven't resigned with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, yeah, another problem too. Jalen Mills would have to dye his hair a different color because he can't keep it green. So, yeah, it would, it would definitely help out his barber if he stayed in Philadelphia. But, uh, listen, Jalen Mills, another Louis, uh, guy from LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, he play, when he used to play corner, man, I used to get, like, I mean, I used to love it as a Giants fan, but the guy jumped on every single double move. Like, you could just run a slant go on him, he'd jump on the slant. Look, he played a little better when he moved to safety. Philadelphia might be a dumpster fire. They could use any type of consistency that they can get from uh, year to year. So, yeah, listen, I think Mills would be listen let him let him try to take another step forward hopefully at a at a safety position in the system he knows and uh yeah maybe maybe get another payday soon maybe take a short deal back in philadelphia who knows uh for safety i'm gonna go with a guy who took a big leap 
this past season. I'll go with John Johnson, formerly of the Los Angeles Rams. He was a captain. He was also the signal caller for Brandon Staley's defense. This guy's a real smart guy uh, from Boston College. I'm going to take have him sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have glaring needs almost everywhere on their defense, but specifically at safety. Uh, I think he's one of those guys, again, that can come in to a younger team, be a leader, kind of change the culture there. Like I said, he's, he was a signal caller, so this guy, this guy can pick up a defense real quick. And, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a Pro Bowl-level safety. So, yeah, I, li- I like John Johnson going to Jacksonville. As much as I'd love, though, to see John Johnson go back to the Rams and try to win a Super Bowl with them, I just think they're going to end up getting priced out of him. So, yeah, I'll take John Johnson going to Jacksonville. So, so you're thinking John Johnson's going to go just cash out with the – with the Jaguars? I do, but I don't think it's necessarily a cash out because I think that the Jag, I think if he signs a four-year deal with them, I think, yeah, yeah, they'd probably give him the most money, but I also think that in years three and four of that deal that they have a serious chance of competing. I'm I'm all in on this Jaguars quick rebuild. I think if, like, with when you're going to have your quarterback figured out, like they will hopefully, I think the Jaguars turnaround is going to be a lot quicker than a lot of people think. Yeah, I can, I can respect that. I think that's a, a pretty good pick. Maybe just you go cash out. Uh, now, Core, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Any other free agents that you had a burning desire to predict where they're going to go? Like, like, all right, I'll put you on the spot here a little bit even more. Like, what about I – know, I know you like this guy. What about Juju Smith-Schuster? Where do you think he ends up? I, I don't see Juju going anywhere either. I mean, I, I'd like to see him go – I'd like to see him go to the Jets, but, I mean, I just don't see him leaving – Leaving Pittsburgh, I just feel like he loves that city too much. Does a lot of like work in that area. I think I know a lot of people at, like don't like the guy, but I feel like he he's a pretty like guy on that team. So yeah, I, I don't really see him going anywhere, and I think he's gonna stay with the Steelers. Fair, fair, fair. I got two more. I'll give you two more predictions. One of them will be Juju. I this is a team that's kind of linked to him. I've been seeing some stuff. Juju to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Juju's kind of like this past year. He's more of this physical receiver, plays like in the slot, catching balls underneath. Obviously, there's, the Raiders are more of this like run-heavy team. With Henry Ruggs on the outside, you put Juju on the inside. I think that'd be an interesting fit. Obviously, put him in that big media market like Las Vegas and kind of have him like grow his brand there. would be a good spot for him personally. And another guy we didn't mention, our cornerback, Richard Sherman. Uh, there's another one you might be a little happy with. I think Richard Sherman ends up so- either – I think he signs with the New York Jets. I think he follows Robert Sala. He's been with him in uh, Seattle. He's been with him in San Francisco. Uh, Sala was able to do a real good job last year, like when they would play man coverage, of kind of hiding Sherman. Because, like, listen, Sherman's, like, was never really, like, complete lockdown in man coverage. Obviously, he's such a good zone corner. But he's, he was always a little slower. He's always a little slower at corner. He's even lost a step now. So I think – Salah knows how to use him well, and I think they will use him well in New York. And I think, again, yeah, he could be one of those guys who comes into the locker room and helps Salah, like, transition a lot cleaner and a lot smoother. Yeah, I actually like that. Richard Sherman, definitely with uh, Robert Salah, I think that's a a great fit. I think him going to to the Jets would be pretty good. And then Juju to the, to the Raiders, I don't know. I mean – Personally, I don't think that that's gonna happen. I I mean they don't really have like like a top receiver. They just got a few guys like Henry Rudd. I know Nelson Aguilar is also a free agent. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean I can. It's a decent fit. I just know they definitely could use a a wide receiver. So I mean Juju from I know he's from California, moved kind of out west. See so, yeah, that 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 could be a. A pretty good signing, but yeah, I personally just think he loves the city of Pittsburgh too much. I don't, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but yeah, if you said you were reading things of him, maybe linked to this team, so may, maybe it could happen. Hey, but listen, we don't we don't have the crystal ball. We, we don't know exactly where these guys are going. That's why we just get here. We try to use some information, some of our insight, some of our wisdom, and we predict these guys, and you know what I mean? At the end of the day, there's nine guys right here, Corey. We get so we got we got a collective eighteen guys right now. I'm hoping that collectively we get six of these right. I think that would be a success. We're playing baseball court. We had three thirty three. We're going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree with that. This is this is pretty difficult. I mean, a lot of these guys. There's thirty two like, teams. You know, what I mean, you got thirty two yeah. chances the guy can go to. Like, come on now. We we have some layups. Corey, Corey wants to choose Gronk. As one of his picks. And then now I'm kind of exposing Corey. But Corey's like, I'm going to choose Gronk as my tight end. I was like, what are you trying to boost our average? 
If if Rob Gronkowski does not sign with another team other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'll be utterly shocked. My jaw will be on the floor. Nah, yeah, that one. I was trying to take the easy way out. I was pulling my my inner my inner Kevin Durant and signing with the Warriors. But yeah, definitely had to rethink that one and pick a little harder of a name or a little harder of a destination like Jared Cook and uh yeah. If if he signs with the with the Cowboys, I'll definitely feel a lot better than this guy just picking Gronk and getting it right. Because, I mean, any anybody in the world knows that this guy, if he signs with another team and comes back, he's going to go back to the Bucks. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, listen, if, if Trubisky signs with the Patriots and Winston signs with the Saints, yeah, you should definitely feel better about that in your mind than me. Because, you know what I mean? Mine my, my, my was an easier pick. No doubt about it. <laughs> but um, that's going to do it for our free agency predictions. Corey, is there anything you want to leave off with? No, nah, not really. Maybe just next episode. Uh, maybe some of these guys will um, have a decision ready, and maybe we'll be able to talk about that. But, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I believe it's March 15th. I always confuse March 15th, I believe the teams can start talking to the people, to, like, other free agents. And then March 17th at 4 o'clock, teams can officially start signing guys. So we'll probably record our episode again later in the week, and we'll react to those guys who have signed already see how we think they fit in their new systems, see if they're really worth the money. But yeah, this offseason is going to be pretty, ha- it's already been pretty hectic. It is going to be hectic. Russell Wilson rumors are even heating up a little bit. Obviously, Deshaun Watson rumors are heating up too because um, David Culley had like a press conference today and he wasn't, um wasn't didn't seem too committed to Deshaun Watson being the quarterback for the Houston Texans come uh, opening week. So a lot of stuff to talk about, Core. Pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Can't wait to do this again next week. So take care, everybody. Have a good one.